Hello and welcome to Nerd Subculture. I'm your host Jared. And I'm Edwina. And today we are continuing our Once More with Feeling series on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Today we're doing Season 2, Episode 7, Lie, Lie to, to me. me. This episode was first aired November 3rd, 1997, written and directed by the one, the only... Just Whedon. Just, oh, oh, we'll not say his name anymore. What is it? Some guy. Some guy. <laughs> Some guy. Just Whedon. Yes. <laughs> uh, this is a full spoiler podcast. I'm a huge fan of the show, but Jared has never watched the whole series and I'm trying to convince him it's worth his time. Yes. And hopefully it's worth your time too, listening to us at home. So I hope you're sitting down, got a cup of uh, or a glass of wine in your lounge room, <laughs> listening to our us bicker about Buffy the Vampire Slayer and how much Eddie loves it. And me, not so much. Although, I will say this episode, I did kind of like. Yes, you actually, I didn't Mm. have to tell you to get off your phone too many times. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Once, maybe. I had to do it once. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I actually, yeah, I think this episode was pretty good. uh, I think it delved into some ideas that I don't think have been... I don't think I've seen many shows sort of uh, dealing with vampires to sort of throw in there. So uh, we'll go into that a bit more later. But no, overall, I, I actually enjoyed this one. And when it ended, I was like, oh, okay. That actually kind of felt satisfying with it ending on that. And yeah. uh, I could say yeah. I actually enjoyed this episode. Yeah, yeah. You, I think this is the first episode that at the end you went, oh, that was actually pretty good. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so they got one episode good, but that's it. <laughs> one good episode oh. out of 143. Really? So far. Yeah. Well, as the Joss Whedon written and directed episodes go, this is probably on the lower end of the really? scale. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, so. it wasn't the highest rated one of the season by the, uh, looking at the ratings no, of it. Well, so. there's, a, there's, there's some episodes to come that are just really good. Yeah. <laughs> See, as, as I've said previously, the PSA uh, episodes that I do are just so boring and dull. And I feel like they've just compromised everything and trying to make well, these episodes and, but, but and always, I just lose interest. To be honest, there's always something in those episodes, though, that makes them worthwhile. Like, there's always No, not really. I mean, apart something. from the last week's, I'd say there was something a little more to it. Oh, not last week's, so the, um, the roofy one. What was that? Oh, the frat one. Yeah, Reptile Boy. Yeah, Reptile Boy. There was maybe something in that, but I feel like the other ones were just blah and just, and just yeah, I wasn't a fan of those at all. And I, I just find when you're, when you're constricting an artistic decision made on something you've got a quota to do, I just feel like it's just, yeah, you've just sort of lost me there. There's a way I sort of feel. Yeah, but even, like, I, I honestly believe that even an, a mediocre episode of Buffy is better than some of the TV that you get these days. Like oh, oh, I would believe that, yeah. There's some <laughs> god-awful TV. Remember Dark Matter? <laughs> it's, that, it was such a shame that show should have been good, but it was garbage. It was. Yeah. Uh, I wanted it to be good. It was well made, high produ- production values, but but there's a lot of shows like that where they just don't have that clever, the banter, the you know, well, the they philosoph- just like the, also those philosophical yeah, ideas, yeah, uh, just don't carry through. Well, it just seems like if oh, if we just spend all this money on it and that it will just work, you yeah. know, if we just get yeah, make it look like this and do this and do this with it, it'll just work. And it doesn't. And when you have compare that show, Dark Matter, to say a show like The Expanse, you know, that's a that's a prime example of where one works and one doesn't. Yeah, you know? but Dark Matter really did seem like it was trying to rip off Firefly. Yeah. Like. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Like like all the characters in that show, 
seemed, seemed like a checklist of characters, didn't they? Yeah. That was the, that was the issue with that show. It just seemed they seemed like a checklist. Oh, this is that character. This is this character, and uh, yeah. But um, we're not doing dark <laughs> podcasts. We, we get sidetracked no, sometimes, but, uh, baby. No, I'm talking, but I'm talking about TV, like the fact that, like, why I think Buffy is such a good show is that even in the not so great episodes, you can always pull some little gem from it. Okay, all right. So I'll pay that. <laughs> That's what you're missing. Uh, did you want to do the summary? Uh, yeah, let's get that out of the way. Then we'll get back to what you want to say. And so you're etching to sort of get onto this. Oh, guys, want some beer? Better worry. Else. Sorry, baby, I got to go. <laughs> Sorry, it's cod night. Sorry, we're going to end this now. All right, bye. Okay, all right. Well, that was been. F- <laughs> all right. Uh, this episode begins with Angel and Drusilla meeting in a park where Angel warns that if her and Spike remain in Sunnydale, a fight with them is inevitable. Run and catch, run and catch. Yes. The lamb is caught in the blackberry patch. Mm, Yes. (laughs) He tries to persuade Drusilla to leave town with Spike, to no avail. Buffy sees them from a distance while they talk, sparking her curiosity and her jealousy. In a school hallway, a young man sneaks up behind Buffy and surprises her. Buffy introduces him to Willow and Xander as her friend Ford, with whom she attended school in Los Angeles. He explains that he is finishing his senior year at Sunnydale High. At the bronze, Buffy introduces Angel to Ford, whom Angel obviously doesn't trust. In the alley behind the bronze, Buffy stakes a vampire and Ford reveals that he knows that she is a slayer. Angel shows up at Willow's bedroom and asks to help track down Ford on the internet. Willow quickly finds that Ford is not actually registered at Sunnydale High at all. Mm. The next night, Buffy and Ford see two vampires running onto campus. Out of sight of Buffy, Ford holds a stake to the vampire's hut and threatens to kill it unless it does what he wants. When Buffy finds Ford again, he claims to have killed the vampire. Meanwhile, Xander, Willow and Angel visit Sunset Club, the only address Willow has found for Ford. The patrons romanticise and sympathise with vampires, whom they refer to as the the lonely lonely ones, and Angel cannot help but scoff. Buffy goes back to the library and sees a picture of Drusilla among Giles' research. Giles explains that she was Spike's lover, supposedly killed by an angry mob. Soon, a vampire storms out of Giles' study with a book. Buffy recognises it as the vampire Ford said he had killed. Ford approaches Spike and asks to be made a vampire. The idea does not interest Spike until Ford explains that he can give them the Slayer in return. Later that night, Angel comes to Buffy's house to tell her about Ford's club. Buffy goes to the Sunset Club where Ford explains that he was counting on Buffy figuring out his plan. Buffy pleads with him to let the other club members go. Ford interrupts her to tell her that he has a brain cancer and will be dead within six months. Becoming a vampire is the only way to avoid death. He then admits to her that the other people will not be changed. Within minutes of sunset, the vampires arrive and immediately start feeding. Ford attacks Buffy, but she knocks him out. Buffy overpowers Drusilla and threatens to stake her. Spike immediately orders the vampires to stop feeding. Buffy demands that they let everyone go, which Spike agrees to. The former vampire worshippers flee and Buffy follows. Ford is still unconscious on the floor as Buffy closes the door, locking all the vampires inside with him. Later, Buffy and Giles are waiting over Ford's grave. Ford's vampire self emerges and Buffy stakes her former friend before wondering sadly if her life as a slayer ever gets easier. 
The end. The end. There you go. I got it. All right, Eddie. So, um, what was it like watching this episode so for you? You haven't seen this episode. No. So this was this was definitely a first for me. Uh, and as I said before, I uh, I I relatively enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was a yeah, a pretty strong themes in there. So what what did you take from this, Eddie? I I really like this episode. It's it's an overarching episode and has some and we get some serious existentialist philosophy thrown into this one. Yeah, that's definitely a lot in there. Yeah, yep. we we also get lots of Spike and Drusilla, which is always good. And we find out about how brutal Angel is. Angel was when he was a vampire. Um, it, you know, it is another, you know, episode about growing up, you know, f- sticking to the theme of this entire season. Um, yeah, it's, you know, at the end of it, you know, it is sort of that premise of, you know, your life is the sum of the choices we make. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, can I start with something that I wanted to bring up? <laughs> yes. Why are you laughing? Yeah, because I think I know what you're going to say. Oh, okay. So, the part that really uh, intrigued me the most in this episode was Ford's character, uh, admitting that he had cancer and this was a way for him to cheat death. Now, I've never really – I'm sure it's been done before, but I've never seen it before where becoming a vampire as as a choice of escaping death. Now, to me, it seems almost a logical choice. I mean, he's going to die in six months, a horrible death by the sounds of it. Being a vampire might, might be such a bad idea. Yeah, but he won't be him. But he'll be a monster. He has, he has to kill people to survive yeah, and he has a drive to kill people to survive. So what? what so the morals of that is is what is wrong. Hmm. Yeah, well, it could be the morals of Buffy not allowing him to allowing him to succumb to those horrific. But death death. Is, death is a natural part of life, and even but she's had to. You know, it did also have echoes of. Her saying to Giles in Prophecy Girl, you know, I'm sixteen year old I'm sixteen years old, I don't want to die. Yeah, yeah. So she's she's already she's already gone through this. Yeah. Yeah. Um so but also what I want to talk about is is uh so when you become a vampire or when someone becomes a vampire, are you you? No. So what what are you then? Well, you don't have a soul, so you're pretty much a serial killer. Okay, but what does what does having a soul really mean? I mean, you wanted to get the existential of this, so uh, what, well, uh, let's stick at the ship the ship of thesis. Now we've all seen division. <laughs> we all looked that up. So if it is him, or is it not him? I mean, what makes it not him? The fact that you ha- don't have a soul. But what having a soul makes you you though? But is he still the same memories? Is he, do you are you still the same person? Like, do you well, have the still likes? Do you do? Well, like yeah, I guess I guess you do still like a lot of the same things and whatnot, but you haven't had drive to kill people. Hmm. So I mentioned the ship of theses just a second ago. So without going too deep into it, I thought just in case you're wondering what that is, the ship of theses is a thought experiment uh, about a ship that was in ancient Greek called the Theses. Uh, so it was uh, held in a museum, a museum type of way, and and over time the ship would decay and they were replaced planks of or pieces of the ship and over over time would pass by the question would be is it still the ship of theses because they've replaced most of it because it rot 
So the question is, you know, is it the ship of Theseus anymore if you've replaced everything that's still on that's on the ship? And often the thought experiment says, well, both answers are right. It is the, both the ship of Theseus and not the ship of Theseus at the same time. Yeah. It's sort of the the gist of it. I don't have uh, any degrees in uh, <laughs> psychology, but I think that's philosophy. the basic the philosophy. philosophy. But that, that's basically the ex- explanation of it. So with the vampire, so are you not you? You are not you then. Just because you don't have a soul, that means you're not you anymore. Or well, is it something well, deeper what, going well, what on? What Buffy says is, you know, a demon sets up shop in your body. So what is there a, like some sort of demonic creature that then takes over your body to make you the vampire? Well, they do sort of talk about vampires as being like a a, a demon that has entered the human body. So is that another consciousness, a demon consciousness taken over your body? And that's so that's not you at all? And they and they well, share it, your it, they share your memories? It'll still be it it still has your you still have your memories, you still have all your skills. For some reason you always get really cool fighting skills as well. Yeah, and it also increases your libido too. <laughs> Being a vampire I've always noticed. <laughs> definitely definitely increases that. So what could it be that if I was hypothesize this, could it be that the demon takes over your body and absorbs your memories? And is there remembering your memories? That could be how it works. So it's like it's sort of like taken over your car. So it's still got your CD player in there, i.e., your music. Yeah, pretty much. And it's much. driving your car. Yeah. And it's and it's not doing a very econ- uh, not not very good on the economy of the car, and it's thrashing the shit out of the car. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Cutting people off, just being a real jerk on it's the road. Like, it's like running over people on the road. Running over people, cutting people off, not using indicators. But it's indicators. like deliberately going up on the sidewalk. Yeah. In the, out, in the outside lane, going slow, like just just, just pissing everyone <laughs> off. Yeah. But yeah, but mostly killing people. And killing people, yeah. yeah. Um, and really enjoying killing and people. And enjoying that, killing that, people. That's, that's the big thing. So could that be the, could that be the comparison or, or an explanation of what, what happens with the demon taking over the human body? Yeah. Well, you, we're probably going to get even more into this when Angel, when you find out more about Angel and him being mm. ensouled. Oh, okay. Right. So, so yeah. Right. So okay. this will probably be an ongoing topic. <laughs> it's all right. Okay. I'll just uh, because it got me. It got me thinking about this. You know, yeah. through the well, day, well, I was thinking, who thing, is who? You know, Angel, what, what does it mean to be you? You, you know. know th- well, as I said before, like you, you are the sum of the choices we make. Yes. Okay. Had enough. <laughs> all right. Moving on. What else you got for uh, me, Eddie? I was going to talk about Drusilla. Oh no. <laughs> um. Well, I. I really. I. I noticed in this episode, though, she, like mainly because it was dealing with you know the vampire cult, um, who are worshiping the vampires, who obviously had read far too many Anne Rice novels, <laughs> and one of the characters in Interview with the Vampire, which is an Anne Rice novel, yes, Claudia, and so she's a child of oh, the Kirsten Dunst, yeah, character. So she's a child that is turned into a vampire. Yes. Who is forever young. Yeah. Um, and she has those dolls and wears similar dresses to, <laughs> to what she <laughs> She does, yeah. Uh, but, you know, but she's she's a child. Like she's, she I ends want up, some more. Yeah, so she ends up being, she ends up with an adult's brain inside the, the body of a child. Yeah. Um, and with Drusilla, she's sort of, you know, she's an adult. With a child's with, mind, with a, yes. With the mind of a child. And um, why is that? Is that because she's still well, sick or something? Or well, that's what Angel was. That's what Angel tells Buffy 
the reason she is the way that she is is because what he he she was one of his obsessions. Mm-hmm. So I think he she he realized that she had the sight. That's what they call it. So she was slightly psychic. Yeah. Um and of course in those days that just meant you're a witch. <laughs> so and or possessed by a demon. Um but anyway, he like killed and tortured her entire family. Uh, and then she ran away to a convent and the night that she took her vows to be a nun, he turned her into a vampire. Right. Oh, but that was centuries ago. <laughs> oh, you got to hold on to the past. So, yeah. So, he, but he made her crazy. Right. Before he turned her into a vampire. Okay. Um, uh, so, yeah, she, she was a very powerful vampire <laughs> because of the fact that she has that. That sight. When you say powerful, do you mean as in she has powers? I mean, she doesn't seem very powerful. She kind of just stands there. Oh, she's not very. I think she's been weakened by this mob in Prague. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, that was just something I noticed. I also absolutely love her nails. They're like black (laughs) with like little white tips. Yeah. Like she must have eaten a, a, a nail stylist or something. Um. Oh yeah, the Sunset Club. <laughs> what did you uh, think of the Sunset Club? They are exactly what I expected them to be. <laughs> they were so atypical, a goth place playing Sisters of Mercy. <laughs> it's exactly what I thought it would be. And you know what, Jared? What? I would have gone there. <laughs> yeah, I would have gone there too. Yes. Um, And drunk my wine out of a goblet. <laughs> <laughs> Or for the the lonely ones. <laughs> or as I like to call them, the nasty, pointy, bitey ones. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I I do find that her response to to um angels, you know, oh, just because someone has a differing opinion in yours, you don't have to be so mean about it. Mm. But her opinion is actually quite wrong and dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's something she doesn't actually know anything about. It's kind of something that still plays on today with um, you know, anti-vaxxers and flat earthers and stuff like that. You know, people yeah. saying, "Well, you have to be nasty about it," but you know, those opinions can be sort of dangerous. And uh, yeah, you know, yeah, want to stay away from that. Exactly. Hmm. So, um, uh, when Buffy reminisces with Ford about her um, old high school times with him and she used to listen to the divinal song mm-hmm. i touch myself mm-hmm. and remember i brought this up in the very first podcast the first episode oh that seems like <laughs> that a lifetime ago now uh that that the divinals did a lot of songs on the soundtrack for the yes, original for the buffy yeah yeah so uh special guests tonight uh i think it's jason burr i don't know if i'm saying that correctly yeah, so he's in he was like a bit of an it boy in like the late 90s early 2000s was in um roswell yeah most famous from roswell i think and yeah. uh dawson's creek i remember yeah. him in that and there's currently a reboot of uh of Roswell on at the moment that he's in. It's still going four seasons, I think, longer than the uh, original know, original yeah. uh, series, which yeah. I suppose I think must, he was must in be Supergirl right. as well. Yeah, so. Supergirl. Yeah, he's in that currently in that as well. Is that currently going or is that st- finished? Uh, no, that's still going. Still going. Okay. Um, And the girl that plays Chanterelle? Yes. 
So I know Julia Lee. Yeah, so Julia Lee. So she makes she actually starts making a few more appearances as the same character. Yes. Okay. Um. So yeah, she's in. I think she's only in one more episode of Buffy, but then she sort of has a reoccurring role in Angel. Oh, okay. Uh, no, she hasn't done a whole lot actually. Fairly quiet career. <laughs> yeah, she's in one episode of Charmed. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, a couple of little, but yeah, not not uh, not a whole lot. And there was. Did you say you found some stuff on Diego? Yeah, uh, the actor, um, the character Diego. Uh, named Jared Paul, <laughs> AD, he spells it. Uh, yeah, done a lot of work. Uh, probably most famous role, which actually in the same year was Liar Liar. He was the guy with the zit on his face, if you can remember that. <laughs> he was in that. Uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's a pretty steady career. Bewitched movie. Ooh, <laughs> never saw that. Monk. Uh, yeah, still uh, got some, uh, still working. Uh, movie 43. Ugh. Never seen that film. You ever seen movie 43? Ah, uh, yes. Yes, I have. Oh, I'm sorry. I actually think it was slightly misunderstood, but... Really? It was panned pretty bad at the time. Uh, like, it was... Uh, it seemed to be a film that was made over a series of years, like, just using stars with, like, one scene, and then it, that was used as a pretext saying, hey, Will Smith did a, a uh, spot in the show. Do you want to do a spot? And Hugh Jackman was in this, and they just sort of sort of lured all these... Actors, in over years, I think it took, and then put it all together and made some sort of movie out of it. I haven't seen it though. Yeah, so you so, see, you're just going off what other people exactly, have said, I am. and I actually, I've actually watched. No, it. I was, I don't really say and it was I, bad. I honestly think it is misunderstood. Yeah, I think it might be kind of in the same vein as what's that Tom Green? Um, Freddie got fingered. Freddie got fingered. Like yeah. one of those. <laughs> so bad, it's art. Yes, so bad it's art. Not yeah. so bad it's good. So bad it's, it's art. art. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I might check it out one day. Kind of like um, Gods of Egypt. <laughs> no, it's just, that was just good. Yeah, that, that, that's like Flash Gordon good, I reckon. That that's like, like campy. Just, yeah, it was just so bizarre and I think everyone just misunderstood that too. Yeah, maybe. Just good campy fun. Okay, so we got a new segment. We're moving on to overseas titles for the episode. This episode was called Lie to Me, and Eddie's going to read out the foreign language versions or the English version of the foreign language, and I'm going to guess which country they're from. Hit me, Eddie. Okay, deceive me. French. No, Armenian. <laughs> I never forgot uh, that one. You're lying to me? Oh, it's German. No, Czech. Uh. Uh, liar? Portuguese. <laughs> Finish. <laughs> Lie. Uh, uh, I'm running out of languages here. Chinese. <laughs> Mandarin. French. French. Uh, uh, death wish. Death wish? Death wish. Ugh. That's pretty dark. That's got to be German. It is German. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those Germans are pretty dark sometimes. The truth hurts. <laughs> The truth hurts. The truth hurts. Uh, uh, Polish. Italian. Oh. Uh, secrets and lies. Um, can we go Portuguese Brazil? Uh, no, Polish. Ah. Uh, 
Yes, let's get to question time. All right, let's uh, roll up into the questions. Question time. Answer the question. Okay, Jared. Do it. Which character was your favourite in this episode? I think I'm going to say Angel was my favourite character. Yeah, this, this, is, this was a good Angel episode. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Got, to, got to see a bit more of his personality. <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. The detective Angel. Detective Angel. Yes, very yeah. much so, I think, yeah. Um, Which character do you love to hate? I think I'm going to have to say Willow in this episode. <laughs> Uh, okay. the, the the fumbling, mumbling in the hallway, and the oh, you un- love it when Giles does it, but you hate it when Willow does it. Yeah, but then yeah, I don't know. It's it's less charming when she does it, and just more annoying. And and then there's also the scene of her on the bed, on the phone, <laughs> the legs up, the, the cliche thing of a girl on the phone. You've got the fluffy slippers, fluffy on. slippers on, feet in the air, and t- twirling the phone cord with your finger. <laughs> Such a cliche shot. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's the um, Uma Thurman on the bed. No, she made that look cool. Come on, <laughs> she's there with a cigarette in her hand, like she's there, like with a fluffy slippers, twirling the phone. No, nah, fail. Okay, yeah, I would have gone Chanterelle and Diego, the wannabe vampires. Yeah, yeah, no capes. <laughs> yes, that horrible cape. Who would wear that? Like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think that was sort of the point. Yeah. <laughs> it was supposed to look like a bit of yeah. a bit of a dork. What was the most memorable fight scene? Um sort of the fight scene at the end, isn't there? Well, there's a few. Is there one there's one in the other way, but you don't think you see anything, do you? You just sort of just oh, hear it. There's one all? in the alleyway and then there's one at the school where she's fighting with a vampire and um Ford oh, okay. is fighting yeah. with a vampire. Yeah, no, it's probably the final one, I think. There's a bit more ass-kicking going on. Yeah, I, I'm i actually going to go with the verbal fight Oh, that, Ooh, Buffy, okay. that Buffy and Ford have because that's, right. that's pretty epic. Okay, all right. Yeah. I thought these had to be f- fisty fights. No, it just says oh, fight. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I didn't know that. I thought they always had to be physical fights. It just says fight. You can read into it what you oh. want to read into it. I thought we've been quite clear that it meant <laughs> fisty fights. So well, now you've got to change the rules. Now we have to go redo all the other episodes because I thought that's what you meant. <laughs> well, no, Next well, week we're going to well, do episode one all over again. Well, generally there's, you know, I don't know, out of all the fights in this episode, I actually think the verbal fight is more, yeah, no, more, well, I, more I, impactful yeah. than the physical fights. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Cheater. <laughs> Um, LOL moment. Oh, uh, the the LOL moment was uh, when they're in the uh, club, the Sunset Club, and uh, when Buffy locks them all into the into the fling, into the place, and uh, Spike's like, uh, "Where's the Where's the door handle?" <laughs> yeah, I have to go with the um, it's the sight gag. Uh, where angels there going, these people don't know anything about va- vampires, what they are, how they live, how they dress, and then a guy cuts guy through, through wearing uh, Angel's yeah. exact outfit. Uh, I always thought that was no, quite I felt a, a funny. Little, felt funny. a little forced, that one. I thought it was a really funny I, It felt like gag. something something from um, Naked Gun or, <laughs> you know, 
one of those spoof movies. I'd never wear something like that. <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, it always makes me laugh when I see <laughs> when I see that. Um, who gets the wooden spoon in this episode? I think Drusilla gets the wooden spoon. And why does she get the wooden spoon? Well, uh, she stuffed all the plans up. She was standing there, just sort of doing nothing, she and then Buffy. Have- she shouldn't have been there. Leave her at home. <laughs> Leave her at home next time. Yeah. Uh, and stuffed all the plans up again. Well, not again, but almost had her. Um, and yeah, Buffy holds her ransom and then everyone, you know, escapes and yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to go with Ford. I actually think his plan was a bit flawed. Hmm. In that he, yeah. you have to really, it's like if you, you're dealing with a sleigh, you need to incapacitate her. Yeah. And uh, I, I, can we also mention that I was actually surprised uh, with uh, Spike holding up his end of the bargain? Yeah, it is kind of surprising. I, I, was, I was thinking at the end, like, uh, that oh, for sure they just uh, fed on him and that was it. And then when she kills him at the end, it sort of surprised me. One, because, you know, he was alive. And two, because she killed him. And three, oh, we actually held up his end of the bargain. And, and went through with that. I just don't, I don't know why. Had- this this was also sort of the flaw in, you know, the plan. It was like even though he got turned into a vampire, uh, Buffy's a vampire slayer. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So. Do you think maybe Spike, Spike was counting on that? I'm pretty sure Spike was counting on it. It was like an all- extra middle finger he can sort of wave to her. Yeah, and say, ah, yeah. You get to kill your best friend now. Oh, it wasn't his, be- his best friend, but. Well, they were Friends. holding hands. They got they got really chummy very quickly. <laughs> Actually, that kind of pissed me off too. Like as soon as they met each other, they're, they're holding hands like they're a couple and like really, really chummy. Like she's not done that with anyone else before. Oh, but it's an old friend. Yeah. Okay. She hasn't, you know, spoken to on the phone or no. talked to. Or... No, yeah. But yeah, we're going to hold yeah. his hand though. All right. Favorite scene? Uh, I think the final scene at the end when they're all like, just grabbing all the humans and feeding off them, like that was pretty, uh, pretty full on that scene. I yeah. reckon. Yeah, like I, it got pretty dark, like when they all just you know run in, you know, eat up boys, and they're just you know grabbing everyone and just munching on them, like it's uh, yeah, yeah, definitely pretty intense that scene. <laughs> yeah, um, mine had to be when Angel. Angel starts telling Buffy about his past with mm. Drusilla and it's the line, I did a lot of un- what is it? unconscionable things when I was a vampire. Drusilla was the worst. She was an obsession of mine. She was pure and sweet and chaste, Buffy says, um, and he made her a vampire. First I made her insane. I killed everyone she loved, visited every mental torture on her I could devise. She eventually fled to a convent, and on the day she took her holy orders, I turned her into a demon. That's not very nice, is it? No, but it sort of shows you how bad Angel actually was as a vampire. Um, what was your least favourite scene? Uh, yeah, the awkward um, Willow uh, mumbling, stumbling in the hallway. Ah, uh, when she's trying not to talk to Buffy about yeah. Angel. yeah. Oh, I just hate it when characters do that. I really do. Yeah. It it brings the whole episode down a notch, I feel. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a pretty good episode. Yeah. It's not funny. I don't find it humorous or or cute. I just yeah. find it annoying. Yeah. I'm over it. Actually, I don't like when Xander says, um, does she know any fat guys? 
Bad Xander. Bad yeah. Xander. All right. Um, favorite quote? Uh, I think the final lines at the end of the at the episode are probably the, the best part. Did you did you also quote that? Is that your yeah. quote? Yeah. Well, I guess I'll leave you to quote that then. All right. That. I'll go with that. Yeah. Okay. So Buffy says, "Does it get it? Does it ever get easier?" Giles responds with, "You mean life?" Buffy says, "Yeah." Does it get easy? Giles responds with, "What do you want me to say?" Buffy says, "Lie to me." Giles says, yes, it's terribly simple. The good guys are always stalwart and true. The bad guys are easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats. Anna, we always defeat them and save the day. No one ever dies and everyone lives happily ever after. Buffy responds with, liar. Bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's a really great scene. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Good way to end the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's some good stuff in this episode. Mm. The other one that I would have gone with was when they enter the club and Xander and Willow are like, do you, do you feel there's some sort of theme going on here? And she's like, like vampires, yay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you know. the va- and, and the lonely ones. <laughs> the mm. lonely ones and the nasty the ones I like to refer to as the nasty, pointy, bitey ones. And uh, uh, just quickly, the vamp, oh, not the vampire, the guy who's standing in a coffin as they walk in is like, hi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meant to be the makeup designer for the show. It had a little cameo. Okay. Which you kind of did seem out of character from the demographic of the other other people who are in there are yeah. all quite young and there's this sort of older chap just standing in there. Hi. Yeah. Um, who's the MVP of the episode? Oh, I guess it has to be Buffy. Saves a day. Saves everyone. Yeah. And has to kill an old friend. And, and can I add also add quite nonchalantly too, there wasn't even a second where she said hi or, oh, it's you, you're back from the dead. Not even, just did even uh, say a word. Just, you know, did it. And you could almost say it almost didn't happen in some ways, the way she did it. Like if you, if you cut that out, it you wouldn't even know she'd killed someone. Um. Yes. But he had also just tried to kill her. Yeah. Like multiple times. Yeah, I'm saying there was no comfort. There was no like, oh, he's lied, oh, I'm back. And, he, you know, there's and no lied confrontation. To her and as Buffy says, you have a choice. You don't have a good choice, but you have a choice. You're opting for mass murder here, and nothing you're going to say will make that okay. Hmm. So he was going to kill a lot of people hmm. to stay alive. Yeah. Yeah, and she at that point he's a vampire. She doesn't believe he deserved to remain. But just a not not even a word, not even a not even a hi. No, yeah, no, not, well, not even nothing. a smart ass, smart ass ret- <laughs> retort to him. Yeah, didn't, or something like you didn't think this part of the plan through, now did you? Yeah, well, not <laughs> even not even say hey, dickhead, you know, not even yeah. something like that. How you going? Yeah, wanker. Mm. Best Cordelia freakout moment? I don't think she was she was hardly in this episode, apart from the intro when she's bitching on about uh, Marie Antoinette. And uh, yeah. at least she offered them cake. Yeah, that's all I've got here is. Yeah. I just don't see why everyone's always picking on Marie Antoinette. I can so relate to her. She worked really <laughs> hard to look that good. And people just don't appreciate that kind of effort. And I know the peasants were all depressed. And Xander says, 
You mean oppressed. Whatever. They were cranky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. She would definitely, uh, yeah, uh, feel something for Marie Antoinette. Let her meet yeah. cake. Yeah. Um, what do you rate this episode out of 10 using something from the episode? All right. I'm going to give it five and a half. <laughs> Uh, blue velvet capes. I think it was sequined. Sequins velvet capes. <laughs> okay. Five and a half. All right. I will go eight out of ten liquefying brain tumors. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. Not funny. What the hell were you thinking? <laughs> okay. Okay, Eddie. Well, I think that uh, that wraps it up for this week. So, you've been listening to Nerd Soap Culture. I hope you enjoyed us. Please, if you do, please like, share, subscribe. Check out our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook page, Eddie. And TikTok. And TikTok. And so, we're on YouTube, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got a YouTube as well. You can uh, listen to it while you're at computer. If you can't get into your other apps or anything like that. And uh, that does it for this week. So, let play us out, Eddie. Grr, arg.